Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers Sunday Sermon Supplemental. Uh, it's been a little while. I've taken a little bit of a mental health break, also a moving break, uh, also my uh, summer break, which is technically not over yet, and so I'm calling this a supplemental. We're not doing a sermon today. We are doing a topic. I'm having a chat with the Still Unbelievable's Andrew, and uh, it's it's something that I've been wanting to talk about uh, a bit. I spoke about it last year, and this is one of those subjects that I'm just going to revisit probably every year because I think it's uh, I think it's important, and it's that time again. Uh, first of all, before I introduce the topic, <laughs> let me uh, give Andrew a chance to say hello. Andrew, how you doing? Hey, kids, good to be back. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we probably have a little bit of a problem. This is not a kid show, uh, so you can take off the clown nose. Oh, uh, well, no, actually, I can't. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's actually my real nose. Uh, okay. Okay. Mm, mm, awkward. Sorry about that. Um, right. That's a little bit like asking a lady, are you pregnant or are you just fat? Um, in Andrew's case, he's just fat. Um, so what? Let's. We don't have time. We've got exactly something like thirty-seven minutes. Uh, because I'm using a free Zoom account, I want to uh, do this all in one shot. No time for preamble. Uh, let's get right into it. We are discussing the subject of seeking, and uh, I've got a write-up. If you were hearing this, you also probably have access to the write-up, which is going to be. On skeptics and seekers dot squarespace dot com. Uh, log in your discuss account, discuss away. It'll be easy to find. Uh, why seek? And uh, since the last time I talked about this, I have changed a little bit, and I will just uh, be perfectly upfront with you. I have gone from not merely identifying myself as a seeker, not you know having a non-identification as a seeker to being seeker hostile. I am anti-seeker these days, anti the concept. The more I think about it, uh, the more I find the concept offensive. Now, I was a seeker. Anyone who says I wasn't uh, doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, I know that Andrew uh, was a seeker. Anyone who says he wasn't yep. doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, they didn't know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They and let's be clear. You don't know us now, okay? You hear, you listen to our shows, and we appreciate that. You don't. That doesn't mean you know us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, you, you just don't have the right to speak into uh our lives and motivations, and so especially our past lives and motivations. So. Um, but neither one of us identify as seekers today. I have once again, uh, 2,500 word write up on why, uh, that is Andrew has applied his stamp of approval, stamp of approval on it, but, uh, he wanted to talk about, uh, something that's not even in the write up. Uh, I was going to steal his, his term, but I actually didn't write it down. And I can't remember it. So, Andrew, uh, go ahead and kick us off. <laughs> okay. All right. So, <clears throat> the write-up was a good write-up. Uh, you had uh, 
three definitions for what a seeker is. I thought that was well done. Um, and the, and the write-up went on to talk about the various aspects of, of what it meant to be uh, a seeker of religion or a religion-adjacent idea. My problem with this idea of, of being a Christian seeker or of any sort of notion of religious seeking that, that I've come across that has any traction is that all these religions— want to go through, they they want me to experience some sort of ethics replacement therapy. They, they want me to go through their notion of ethics and replace the ethics that I have with their ethics to the extent that it will modify, as far as I can tell, every aspect of my life. They really want me to have a complete ethical conversion, ethics replacement therapy. And, and my problem is, uh, in, in some, that this ethics replacement therapy that they are offering replaces my ethics with an ethics that is still being baked on the Christian scene today. Is it okay to be part of the LGBTQIA2 plus community or not? Uh, what about what about slavery? It's okay in some parts of the world, some parts where Christianity exists. Uh, what about gender backlash today? That same gender backlash that is being led by the Christian right. I am not interested. I have absolutely no interest whatsoever in ethics replacement therapy where the ethics that I use to try to level the playing field for every human being around me gets replaced by an inferior, largely Christian ethic that, as far as I can tell, does more harm than the ethics I use. Sorry, long preamble, but there it is. Yeah, so um, now we're down to 28 minutes. Actually, I'm saying this as if I have a timer. It would be really nice if Skype put a, a timer up here. <laughs> so when it, when it ends, I, I got a feeling it's just going to end and we're not even going to know it. <laughs> I think it's going to say, recording stopped. I, I, <laughs> I hope it's at least that generous. <laughs> so. Yeah, so uh, seriously, sorry for the rant, but this I thought about this over the you know, over the day yesterday, as we talked about doing the show, and uh, I, I really, I really am infuriated. Yeah, don't, by don't the idea. Go ahead. You know, don't apologize for the rant. I brought you on the show for the rant. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, other otherwise, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> so. Ah, are, are we going to talk about that too? <laughs> no, no, that's another show. <laughs> We will not record that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, when you uh, talked to me about this uh, in the run up, I thought this was a a very interesting idea, and I did want to add a thought uh, to that, which is let let's just say that uh, some brand of Christianity has some brand of good ethics that I like. And to be clear, there are a lot of Christians who have ethical systems that I like. Uh, uh, all of Christianity is, is not of one mind on things, right? There, there, uh, there's no Christian 
ethics, as in a monolithic a constitution of ethics this is what our ethics are it is very individual uh and so there are plenty of christians with good ethics and uh, i find some of them to be uh, very enlightening and things that i am happy to learn from and uh try to emulate so let's let's just focus on those for a moment let's say that you know we've we've got a christian with an ethical system that i find even superior to the one that i have Great. I will join that ethical system. I will try to add that to uh, my knowledge. Why on earth, though, would I want to be, quote unquote, a seeker simply because I learned a thing from a person? Right. I, I, uh, oh. I'm, you know, I don't I don't need to become a seeker of religion or a seeker of their God simply because they know something that I don't and I want to learn it. Lots of people know things that I don't know and that I want to learn and add to my life. That doesn't make me a seeker of of them or or you know, I don't I don't know what one would have to do with the other. So Christians make this big noise about we wouldn't even have modern ethics without Christianity, which I think is bullshit, uh, to be honest. And there goes the the safer kids rating. Um so I I, oh no! I think it's still safe for kids. Kids, listen up. <laughs> okay, yeah, because he's wearing the clown nose, and so that means it's okay, kids. You can trust a guilty. I keep trust a grown man with a clown clown nose. Um, so <laughs> what I'm what I'm trying to say is, yeah, um, I don't. Let's just pretend that it wasn't bullshit, uh, and that we got our best ethics from the best Christians of the past. Fantastic. What? Well, how does that? Why should I become a seeker because of that? Well, I think I think it I think it belies all of the work being done, not in theology of religion, but in ethics and philosophy. So so let's just pretend there, there are a lot of ethical frameworks. And there are a lot of philosophical ways to arrive at those ethical frameworks. So if Christianity wants to take part and say we are responsible for, insert some uh, some ethical guide here, right, then it is Christianity's responsibility to clearly identify the rules of philosophy and ethics that led to Christianity's uh, claim to supremacy in that area. And am I not mistaken about it? There, there are plenty of competing philosophies and and so if you're going to claim that you did the hard work christians you did the hard work uh then you have to show which hard work you did which system you're claiming credit for why the others are being rejected and what work you did to reject them as far as I can tell, Christianity makes a claim to supremacy of ethics without showing any of their work. And by the way, <laughs> read the New Testament, and I don't care how old you are, listener. I've read the New Testament more times than you've had birthdays. I spent years memorizing 10 verses a day. 
I guarantee you, you have not read the New Testament or studied it uh, to a degree where you could say, oh, well, you just haven't read the New Testament. Oh, yes, I have. It's not a book that provides a consistent ethical guide. And I'm talking about the 26 or whatever books. So then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not a consistent ethical guide. Right. There's no, there's no uh, systematic uh, uh, tour of ethics in the Bible anywhere. Uh, so I, I just wanted to start off with that topic, because I knew that that was something that you were passionate about. Uh, while we still have uh, a couple of minutes, I want to throw out one uh, of my own that's in the write-up, uh, and I think it's, I think it's worthy of uh, some conversation in, uh, in the comments if we don't uh, get a chance to fully explore it here. Uh, but it's, it's a very basic and fundamental question: Why? Uh, what are we looking for? What is a seeker looking for? Uh, well, they're looking for that which mm -hmm. they're missing. Uh, so here's the problem. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't have a God-shaped hole. I don't feel a God-shaped hole. I, and it doesn't matter, you know, if you say my senses divinitatis is broken, fine, it's broken. I don't feel a God-shaped hole. Um, I don't I don't feel a lack. I don't feel a loss. I don't have existential <laughs> crisis. Um you know, and maybe, you know, you know, as Christians describe it, I might be some kind of unicorn, uh, you know, some anomaly uh, in the human condition. But I know a lot of people who kind of feel the same way and they don't feel like they're missing anything of a supernatural or metaphysical nature. I mean, I'm, I'm missing a million dollars and, you know, I got enough debt to, you know, probably need most of that. But uh, that's not what they mean by something you're missing. So I... Andrew, talk to me about what it is people are missing that they feel like they need to go seeking. Uh, it, boy, it's an interesting one. Sorry for this. I don't know if you have a groan sound effect, but you may want to insert it here. Uh, I am whole oh. without my God-shaped hole. Sorry, that was my yeah. cheap soundboard here. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a good one. I am, I am whole without my God-shaped hole. And, uh, <laughs> and so that, what, what are we missing? What are we missing? Well, I'm not missing a consistent ethical framework. I have that. And I can tell you how it works. And and it works based on external factors uh, and and not largely on internal factors. Right? I, it's not a gut thing. In other words. So I'm not I'm not missing a consistent ethical framework. I'm not missing community. Though some people that lose their religious community are missing a sense of community. And I went through that uh, for a period. In fact, both went through that uh, yeah. together to some extent. Mm -hmm. uh, tw uh, <laughs> 15 years ago, more, mm -hmm. however long ago it's been. Okay. And so I'm not, I'm not missing community, though some people do. Am I missing, am I missing a, a sort of intellectual search? Am I missing... Uh, something fulfilling. Well, in all honesty, yes. When I when I walked away, right there was a. I spent a lot of time studying uh, religion, studying philosophy, reading uh, books on religion, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and and so all of that time, it took time. To, it took time to to refill that 
mm-hmm. with other things that I thought uh, were meaningful. Right. But but make no mistake about it, I lost religion not not because I wanted to do something else. I lost religion because there were too many bodies buried, right? I didn't leave because I wanted to. I left kicking and screaming. Yeah. And so, yes, there was a pursuit there that I found that I found meaningful. And so for a while, I lost that. But that was that was a long time ago. And I am much more fulfilled today. Right. And the thing that I would like to add uh, to that is for those of you who do feel like you've got, you know, some kind of psychological emptiness, uh, you know, that that some Christian might come along and call a God-shaped hole. It's not a God-shaped hole. And even if you want to contemplate the possibility that what you're missing is God, what you actually need to do, first and foremost, is consult a medical professional. Because you might actually, that emptiness that you are feeling might actually be associated with a serious medical condition. Uh, It could be because of drug interactions uh, that you feel that way. It could be that you are uh, clinically depressed, uh, that you feel that way. The Christian only has one answer for a feeling of emptiness, and that's, oh, well, you don't have enough God. But consult all of the Christian, uh, the the non-Christian and Christian psychologists out there and count the number of them that actually offer that as a diagnosis. That's not a diagnosis. So go to a real professional and get a real diagnosis for what you're feeling and don't just accept that what you need is God uh, inserted in that. Boy, that's a, boy. There's so much there, right? We're, I specifically said I was missing an intellectual pursuit, and that was true. Uh, but I didn't feel when when I realized that I'd found the exit on Christianity. Wasn't missing something uh, psychologically at that point. Well, there there was a, a period of, I, w- I still wonder if there's a hell, right? <laughs> sort of the funny part of finding Christianity. I didn't wonder if there was heaven, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't the, oh, look what you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to miss out on heaven. Wouldn't, if, wouldn't that be the thing? Wouldn't that be the, the real tale if if uh, if Christianity had some real value in my life? I'd, I'd have missed thinking, oh, wow, I get to sing Hosanna to God's name for eternity. No, 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 no. What I was concerned about is if I'm wrong, am I going to burn forever? Right. See, this is there, there was a little bit of that for a little bit of time, but there was no going back. Because I didn't believe there was a God. I just worried about some hell. So let's let's just randomly assume that we've got 12 minutes left uh, and try to squeeze two more uh, topics in here. So I've got one more, hmm. and I wanted to give you uh, a shot at one. You can pick something off of the uh, write-up, or you can pick something uh, that you had in your own head. Okay, let's let's talk about 
what it means to be a seeker. I, I thought there were some interesting definitions in the write-up. Okay. So when I was a Christian, I didn't consider myself a seeker then. And you said something about this in the write-up. You thought you had the answer. Yeah. Then, right? You were a committed Christian when you were a committed Christian, not because you were seeking something, but because you had things you were looking for. And this is one of those things that has troubled me about Christianity. And one of the ways that I think the secular world has had a big impact on Christianity. It's now a big deal to be a seeker. Why? Well, I think largely because Christianity has been exposed for the empty hole that it is. And, and so now, even with Christianity fully still in play, it's common to describe yourself as a seeker. And, and I really think that that is a sign of an of an ailing uh, of an ailing organism that is quite close to death. Because if Christianity were the substantial, real, valid approach to the world that uh, that conservative thinkers would have you believe, they wouldn't be seekers; they'd just be Christians. So I, I agree in principle but i would have called myself a seeker uh as a christian and the the reason i would have is because uh, as i described in the write-up what i had found was the skin of an answer but i needed an answer that was more than skin deep so so interesting because i'd have called myself a finder yeah no I, so <laughs> at different parts of my christianity i think i would have too i think Closer to the and you shall find. Right? Closer I, to the end of my journey uh, is when I would have called myself a seeker. I think because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. when I started I real. It's when I started realizing I don't have all of what I thought I had, I, and I I want a closer. This is this is kind of when it starts to happen when someone when a Christian is especially fervent and they decide I I need an even closer relationship to God. I, I don't I don't think my relationship is as close as it should be. I don't want just a part of this relationship. I want all of it. Uh, I don't want, you know, just an imagination of God's presence. I want the real presence in my life. And I don't want to know just bits and pieces of the truth. I want to know the whole truth, as much of it as I can incorporate in my life. And at that point, uh, you know, you have found something but you realize that there is more that you've got to dig <laughs> into and so that's the that digging in uh is born of a kind of a dissatisfaction with your current status as as a child of god you you think there's more and you do everything you can to find it and then it becomes a almost a something that snowballs on itself you you look harder and you don't find you you want that experience with god to be stronger you want to feel something you want a voice you want a vision you want uh, a, a sense of overwhelming emotional peace you want something that that is an experience and the more you seek it the harder you seek it the less you find it and that makes you more and more desperate and that just drives you into becoming more and more of a seeker 
You know, okay, so there's a lot. Uh, I, I drank the Kool-Aid to the extent that I don't think I would have ever called myself a seeker in the in the sort of modern sense, right? So I think there's a danger here in using the same word multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I'd have ever called myself a seeker in what I take to be the modern sense. You know, I've, I've got this notion of Christianity, but forever refining it. I've got this notion of God and I'm forever trying to get closer to him. Um, you know, I, I was not a seeker mm-hmm. in that sense. Uh, was I a seeker about deepening my knowledge of the Bible? Yeah, surely. But for me, that is a that was a different journey than what I take to be this notion of seeking today. I don't I don't know if you see the difference there or not. Um, but on my way out the door, I guess I did have one moment of real seeking uh, where, where I'd have said in today's modern sense, I was a seeker and I was going through some, some terrible life upheaval. Yeah. Uh, this was a long time ago. So, and mm-hmm. I was, I, I left the house. Go ahead. No, no, don't go ahead. Uh, so I was going to say, uh, let me, let me try to squeeze in one last topic here. And I'm going to actually try to cheat and smush two together. <laughs> um, I so I don't care about the mysteries. Uh, this is this is another thing that might make me a little bit of a unicorn. Uh, I don't know, but the things that Christians seem to seek or that they seem to want me to seek, um, I don't I don't actually care about. I don't <laughs> I don't care about the answers. Um, so. You know, metaphysical truths. I don't care. I don't care. I can't. I can't um, access the metaphysical. So, I just. I'm sorry. It's it's out. It's outside of the realm where I can investigate. And because of that, I don't give a damn. Um, as far as hmm. things Peter that Van Wagen. Who? What uh, Peter Van Wagen? He's a. Uh, he's a sort of metaphysics professor ethics mm-hmm. etc but in one of his books up up front he wrote that that metaphysics has failed it has it has failed to deliver on the thing that it most deeply promised this is um this is paraphrasing because i don't recall the exact words but it it's not hard to find it's it's up front in one of his books mm-hmm. the the problem with metaphysics is that it has failed to provide answers of its own in the realm of metaphysics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so, so this is the this is the big problem of metaphysics. And religion seems to fail to uh, provide answers in the realm of religion. <laughs> no, because uh, there is no monolithic answer to any religious question. There, there are lots of possible answers that they you know, mull over and debate and whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you take the big question, is there a God? I don't even consider that a big question. Don't care. Um, 
And I know people are saying, oh, no, you really care. If, if you thought there was a God, you would think that you would care. I don't think there's a God, and I don't care. Because the God, this we also talked about this a little bit in the run-up. No, no time to really go right now. Uh, the God seems to be hidden. You know, it's a hidden God. Uh, it's a game of hide-and-seek. He wants me to seek him out and find him. Yeah. I'm not interested in the yeah. game. I don't want to play the game. And so for me, a hidden God is indistinguishable from a God that doesn't exist. So there's there's nothing that about that that I care about. I to be perfectly honest, I care more about alien life in, in other places and finding oh, alien yep. life. Yep. Because if we discovered uh, absolute proof that there is intelligent alien life, uh, you know, similar to us, uh, in space, you know, which is a weird term because uh, Earth is in space. <laughs> we're we're all space people, uh, but if we if we found um, uh, other life out there, that would immediately change the culture, ethos, uh, social structures, everything about human existence. All humans would immediately have to recognize that we are not alone. <laughs> and and we've we've got to change in a lot of fundamental ways, uh, and I'm here yeah. for that, you know. And so yeah. if that discovery happened, that would matter a lot, and we we stand a better chance. I I see the message here. We stand a better chance. Need more time? Contact your. Admin. It will end in ten minutes. Okay, we got ten minutes. We've got a better chance of finding those aliens than we do of finding God through some process of seeking. Ooh, a couple of things. Two two things. First, I will look to get to know a God as soon as there's one who is looking for me as hard as the Christians say I should be looking for it. Uh, and And by the way, when you come around and knock on my door, it's you, not your God. Right. So, so, so just, just forget it. If you're, if you're uh, pounding impotently on your phone, first stop, it's fragile. Don't do that. And second, it makes no sense for you to tell me that you're a representative of your God. If your God is the one that wants me. Uh, next, there's been some really interesting developments in just this year, 2023, regarding finding precursors to life uh, on some moon, uh, is it Saturn or Jupiter? I, boy, so interesting that I can't tell you the details. Uh, sorry, sorry, folks, read read too much. But we have found the precursors of life. In other words, what are those precursors? We're talking about the chemicals that make up DNA, right? Those those organic molecules for which, if we didn't have them, there would be no life, right? And we're finding them in places that are uh, somewhat Earth-like, somewhat to the extent that, that we think uh, that these molecules could self-assemble, right? Um, and, and so we, I think, I think that we are very close to discovering exactly what you're talking about. And it already matters. The, the very fact that we are finding the precursors to life in environments where they could self is already 
a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's um it's a big deal in ways that we do not have time to discuss. <laughs> uh I can tell you that we are under seven and a half minutes. Uh I said that I was gonna try uh, to smoosh line. two topics uh yep. together because uh I'm a dirty rotten cheater. Um it, this is one that I've talked about before, but I, I think it's one that I'd like to end uh, on here. There's no form of seeking uh, of which I know that doesn't require that you already have buy-in into that which you're supposedly seeking. Uh, mm. So, you know, when you, ask a, when you ask a Christian, how do I seek? You know, you, you won't, you think I should be a seeker. What's the method of seeking? Well, start by saying the, the sinner's prayer, the seeker's prayer, or whatever prayer. You've already lost me. Because in order to pray, I have to be praying to someone. Right? And so you are yeah. you don't believe in anyone, and so you cannot pray such a prayer sincerely. And if you do pray it sincerely, then you have already bought into one of the biggest prerequisites of a Christian, which is to acknowledge something greater than you that can hear your prayer. I will not say a sinner's prayer or a seeker's prayer because I do not have that level of buy-in. Well, okay, here, just read the book of John uh, and ponder on it. Shut up. I don't need to read the book of John. First of all, I've done it, but it, it, it doesn't matter. To read the book of John in that way, you have to have buy-in that John is authoritative in some way and that what it's saying is meaningful to how you process uh, important things in some way. I do not have that buy-in. I will not buy-in uh, there. And once again, they're just trying to get you to acknowledge that their Bible is accurate and their God is accurate for you to pray for. Um, you know, or that their religious ideas are worth meditating on. You already have to have that buy-in and as near as i can tell there is no way to do any religious seeking without first doing some form of religious buy-in it's bullshit don't do it sorry that's my rant and my final thoughts andrew so my final thought there and, and we might finish with a minute to spare is i have as much buy-in for the blood of bulls and goats as i have for being washed in the blood of the lamb and I am not apologetic for that. In fact, I think the world would probably be a better place if we still live under the system of the blood of bulls and goats. We live in a manic society right now. And a lot of those owners are Christians locked up in houses, scared at night. I don't have use the Christian system, uh, I would I would happily go try the blood of bulls and goats, but no buy-in for me either. All right. And with that, uh, we are going to say thank you very much, first of all, Andrew, for dropping in. Thanks to the audience. And I'm just going to end abruptly by saying I'll see you in the comments. Bye-bye. <laughs>